Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a the NFL is back teaching tutorial Thursday with Greg Cosell class is in session. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. You guys know the drill. Most of you anyway, if you're new for this season, welcome. You've come to the right place. I'm a former NFL player. I give you 30 minutes of what the heck is going on in the NFL Every single day, Monday through Friday. Friday, we'll give you the picks. Monday, I let you know what happened in the games. Tuesday, power rankings. Wednesday, Andrew Brandt and all the transactions from Tuesdays. And Thursday, like today, we go inside the film room with Greg Cosell, presented by DraftKings. More on that in a little bit. Thursday also means we're only one day away from having a new Spread the Word winner, Tomorrow, 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 I'm giving away a signed picture or signed card tomorrow to someone who just retweets me at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod or you like it on Instagram at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker Pod or Facebook. You guys know the drill. And tomorrow I'm giving out our second of six free Madden codes. I got codes. And by the way, Not many people are trying to get the codes this year. I I don't get it. There aren't that many people trying to get get codes this year. It's a free Madden code. Like, I'll just send it to you. It's really easy to get. Hit me up. Ross at RossTucker.com. Just take advantage of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Put the promo code Ross in. Screenshot it. Send it to me. Even if you just do the free survivor pool. Do it. Uh, Speaking of do it. I, I can't even wait any longer. I, I'm so giddy, so excited. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. You know him, you love him, you want to check him out. Always on social media, at Greg Cosell. He's the executive producer and on-air talent for the NFL matchup show on ESPN. And Greg, I guess I'll start with that. Greg Cosell, of course. I guess I'll start with that, Greg. Anything different this year? I mean, I don't know if you guys are all in the studio or you're in the <laughs> house. Like, 
Anything different to look for in the matchup show this weekend and the rest of the year? Well, it'll be a little different because, uh, and I don't control this, but ESPN has a mandate that talent can't fly yet. So Matt Bowen will be in Chicago where he lives, and uh, Sal, Pal, and I will be in studio, of course, more than six feet apart for social distancing. But So the show will look different, but that's just the look. We're not there, Ross, as you well know, for our looks. So I'm certainly not there for my looks. We're there for content. So the content ideally will be the same, hopefully better, after a, a long summer of much study because there was really nothing else to do. So as far as content, the show will be laid out pretty much the same way. It'll just look a little different. But I think people are used to that now because of what they see on TV with, with all kinds of interviews and, and people talking. All right. So, Greg, let's dive into some of these games. I know some of them you're going to hit really hard on the matchup show. Some of them uh, maybe not quite as much. I want to start with Seattle and Atlanta because it's the Dan Quinn Bowl. And I think this yeah. is a really interesting season for both these teams. Atlanta, I think the whole organization's on the hot seat. They were last year till they finished so strong. And Seattle came an inch away from winning the division, which probably would have changed who went to the Super Bowl from the NFC last year. What do you see in the Seahawks and Falcons matchup? Well, these two teams played last year. And what I found interesting is I actually went back and looked at that tape, particularly the Seahawks offense, because I believe Matt Schaub played quarterback in that game for Atlanta. But but I looked at the Seahawks offense and the Falcons defense because, you know, the coaching staffs are, are relatively the same. Um, and what really surprised me was how much man-to-man defense that the Falcons played. And uh, they used a spy at times on Russell Wilson, which a lot of teams do. Uh, but I know that this year the Falcons' secondary will be different. I know that Kendall Sheffield was in a walking boot yesterday, and he may not go, I would think, uh, on Sunday. They drafted the rookie out of Clemson, A.J. Terrell. So um, I assume he's going to start. When you draft a corner in the first round, you expect him to start. So we'll see. Uh, you know, Seattle's a fascinating team because as good as Russell Wilson is, and I think he's an MVP caliber player pretty much every season, they're really a run-based offense. Uh, and I'm very anxious to see if they stay with that formula. Uh, they, they don't throw it a lot uh, in, in terms of, you know, coming out in the first, second quarter. That's not their MO. So they're a fascinating team given the quality of their quarterback. For those of you that are so inclined, the Seahawks are two-point favorites on the road, according to my DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's get to Cleveland and Baltimore, another game I'm really interested in, Greg. The Ravens are eight-point favorites, according to DraftKings. I happen to believe that the Browns are going to be much improved and that the Ravens might come back to earth a little bit, which, by the way, it's not that hard to say that when they went 14-2 and two last year and they had the best record in football. But what kind of stands out to you about this matchup, especially in week one between the Browns and the Ravens in the AFC North? Well, something I mentioned to you a few weeks ago, and I think uh, I'm very anxious to see now that the Browns signed Kareem Hunt. You don't sign Kareem Hunt to play him 15 snaps a game, in my view. So I really think that the Browns will feature Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field together. Uh, how often they do that, only time will tell. Um, on the other side, the thing that really stood out when you watch the, the Ravens offense, we know about Lamar Jackson's running. Everybody can see that. 
But Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback in the league from a passing Raider stand, rating standpoint, both out of empty sets, and they were in empty sets quite a bit, and in the red zone. And that's a critical, critical piece, obviously, in today's NFL. Uh, it's not a profound statement to say that when you get in the red zone, you want to score touchdowns. But Lamar Jackson was the, had the best passer rating in the red zone of any quarterback in the NFL last year. So in those two areas, empty sets, which they really like, and because it spreads the defense, obviously. And in the red zone, Lamar Jackson was at his best. Wow, that's really interesting. And I guess, Greg, it doesn't really matter. But when you see what he did out of empty and what you see what he did out of red zone, in the red zone, I should say, how much of it was really good read recognition and accuracy by Lamar Jackson? And how much of it was guys, because of the awesome scheme that the Ravens yeah. have and their coordinator, Greg Roman, how much of it was guys sort of wide open because of the threat that Lamar Jackson's legs are, really whether it's out of empty or in the red zone. Yeah. Well, I think empty does does a couple of things, Ross, and you, you know this, but we'll just say it really quickly, is what empty does is it spreads the defense, it forces the defense to declare both coverage and pressures before the snap of the ball. So normally an empty, and obviously empty means you have three receivers to one side and two to the other side. That's normally what happens in empty sets. It's a three-by-two look. And normally what teams do is they have a man side in terms of the routes and the read for the quarterback and a zone side. So Lamar Jackson simply has to decide based on his view of the coverage whether it's man or zone. And if it's man, depending on the route concepts, he would work to one particular side. If it's zone, he works to the other side. And it really defines things very clearly for the quarterback. And, and so empty is a good thing for a young quarterback because it, it really it gives him an either-or side and defines it for him. Love it. All right, let's move on to Minnesota and Green Bay. It's the Vikings. It's the Packers. Huge NFC North matchup to start the season. Yeah, one thing I'd look for in this game – you and I both know in this pandemic training camp that there was not a lot of hitting. There was not a lot of tackling. And, and tackling is a practiced art. It's not just something you go do. You need to practice it. Think about what the Vikings did a year ago, and I don't think it will change under Gary Kubiak. Their fullback, C.J. Ham played over 30% of the snaps last year, which is a high, high number for a fullback in today's NFL. It would not surprise me if the Vikings come out in this game and try to play physical football, run the ball with Cook, with Madison, run it and make the Packers have to tackle because there was not a lot of tackling done in training camp. I like it. I like it. What about the other side when Aaron Rodgers has the football? Yeah, and I think we know what Matt LaFleur ultimately wants to do. That's why he drafted who he drafted. Uh, obviously, he drafted a quarterback, number one, but then he drafted Dylan, who apparently is number three on the depth chart right now, which doesn't surprise me. But then they drafted Josiah DeGur out of Cincinnati, who's kind of an H-back tight end, almost a Kyle Juszczyk type player. And Matt LaFleur does have a Kyle Shanahan background. Um, so I think ultimately that's what he wants to do. You know, what's fascinating when you watch – the Packers from a year ago is 
how inefficient they were with the play-action pass game, which is really a foundation of what Matt LaFleur wants to do. So I'm really curious to see how it plays out with another offseason, albeit a different offseason. But I'm anxious to see how that plays out because that's really what Matt LaFleur would like his offense to look like, a lot of play-action. Wow. Why, why do you think that is? What did you see on tape in, well, in terms of their inefficiency in the play action passing? That's the Aaron Rodgers debate for the last number of years. The fact that he's not he's an unbelievable outside of structure player. He has not been as good within the structure of the offense. And I can't answer why, because a lot of times I'll watch tape. And again, this is the tape talking. This is not an interpretation. This is the tape talking. There were a lot of times throws were there within the structure of the offense and the read, and for whatever reason, he did not turn it loose. Only he can answer that. Wow. Really, really interesting, Greg. I, You know, you don't hear a lot of people saying that, and that's why we have you on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast every single week because, as you say, the tape does not lie. What does the tape tell you about the Eagles and the Washington football team? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things to look for in this matchup. Number one, I think that, uh, and this may not be talked about a lot, but Washington's defensive front is one of the best in the league. I think Deron Payne is one of the three best defensive tackles in the NFL based on tape study. And, And because Washington hasn't been very good, no one talks about him. But I think that that's, they overmatch the Eagles offensive line in this game. And and we don't know if Lane Johnson's going to go as we speak today on Thursday. Uh, Lane Johnson is day-to-day. They're obviously moving Jason Peters back to left tackle, where quite frankly, the tape tells you he was up and down a year ago. Uh, and even if Lane Johnson does go, he'll tell you that he's had the most trouble in his NFL career with Ryan Kerrigan. And this is a team that has Kerrigan, Sweat, and Chase Young on the outside. So that, to me, is something to look for in this game. And another matchup I think that's going to be fascinating is Darius Slay versus Terry McLaurin. Uh, Washington played Detroit a year ago, and Slay matched up to McLaurin on 19 snaps, and it was a really good head-to-head matchup. McLaurin won some, Slay won some. It was a really good matchup to watch. Yeah, those, it's it's so funny, Greg, because I do a bunch of Eagles pregame stuff, and those are the matchups I, I wrote down too. The Eagles O-line against that Redskins front and Slay against McLaurin. Curious to see how Jim Schwartz ultimately uses him. What about the battle of the old guys? It's a late game, Greg. <laughs> Absolutely can't wait. I thought you were it. talking about you and I, Ross. No. What's crazy, <laughs> though, what's crazy is both these guys are older than me. I mean, I'm 41. I was pretty proud of playing seven years. And these guys are still playing in 2020. Of course, I'm talking about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, that still sounds weird. Against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. According to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the Saints are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Can't remember the last time Tom Brady was a three-and-a-half-point underdog, Greg. What do you got on this one? Well, let, let's talk about the known as opposed to the unknown. The Bucks' offense is a little bit of an unknown, and Mike Evans apparently is day-to-day as well. Um, so let's talk about the known. In the two matchups a year ago, Michael Thomas had 19 for 296 and three touchdowns. Now, in the first matchup, the Bucs played a ton of man-to-man coverage, and Thomas ate up Vernon Hargreaves, who then was cut later in the season and is not there. In the second matchup, the, the Bucs played a little more zone. 
and they still got burned a little bit, but with some issues they had that where where the Saints did a really good job with play design. You can do such a good job in zone, and Sean Payton is so good in isolating a particular defender and making him a conflict defender with your route concepts. And Sean Payton is very, very good at that. So as I said, that's the known. And now with Emmanuel Sanders there, you know, he's a great addition. So I think that side of the ball is being a little overlooked for obvious reasons because of Tom Brady. But that's that's a, a side of the ball matchup that really intrigues me in this game. It's just so funny to me, Greg, because you know that no matter what Brady does, you know, that first series. Oh, oh yeah. he's Brady. See, it's Brady. He's the man. It was him. It's not Belichick. Or if it goes poorly, see, Brady's nothing. Brady's nothing without Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> every series, every game is going to be a, 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 a complete uh, discussion about what Tom Brady is without Bill Belichick. Um, let's get to the Sunday night game. That is the Dallas Cowboys against the L.A. Rams. Really, really curious about both these teams. I got to tell you, Greg, you know, I guess I'm starting to buy the Dallas Cowboys a little bit more. I am still out on the L.A. Rams. I mean, I was writing it down. Their best offensive lineman is 38-year-old Andrew Whitworth. I mean, he's their best lineman right now. I mean, that that's scary in my mind, for the Rams. So why don't we start, Greg, with uh, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, and they put up huge numbers a year ago on offense, and they have C.D. Lamb now who will probably play the slot replacing Randall Cobb. Um, the way they play Michael Gallup, when you watch their tape from a year ago, he's predominantly their X, their single receiver to the boundary. Cooper's predominantly their Z. I'm really curious to see what the Rams do. They have a new D coordinator and Brandon Staley. Uh, he was in Denver. He's got a little bit of a Vic Fangio background. Uh, but again, I don't know how much man, how much zone. People just assume now they signed Jalen Ramsey to a huge deal. Does he play man-to-man on who? You know, it's easy to say Cooper, but I'm a big Michael Gallup fan based on tape study. I think Michael Gallup is a very good receiver. So, I, you know, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. I'm not sure how much man-to-man Staley plays. You know, these are one of those things. We don't know the answer to that because he's new. Um you talk about the the Rams offense, we kind of know what they are. Uh, the big question for me is how much too tight end they will play versus three wide receivers. Last year, as the year progressed, they really evolved into playing far more two tight ends. And uh, we'll see. They've got two very good tight ends in Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Talking with my man, Greg Cosell, executive producer and on-air talent for the NFL matchup show here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Got to ask you about Monday night football, Greg. I'll be in the booth. It's the Steelers and the Giants. Really looking forward to that one. Give me one thing about that game that interests you or that you've noticed on tape recently that I can regurgitate Monday night and sound smarter (laughs) than I really am. Glad to help, Ross, you know. Uh, anything for you. Well, I last week I did a deep dive into the Steelers defense from a year ago and they're a fun defense to watch. They're they're very multiple. There's disguise, there's late movement. 
they get a ton of pressure, though, from their front four. They're really good up front. And I think people don't really think about that with the Steelers. I was so impressed with T.J. Watt as a pass rusher. And Dupree is really developed on the other side. He is very, very athletic. And then you see Hayward inside. And he his bull rush against guards and centers, he's a man. And uh, so they really do a great job with a four-man rush. Now, one player that keep an eye on because they like to use him as a blitzer, and he's very, very good at that, is their slot corner, Mike Hilton. He's one of the best blitzing slot corners in the NFL. And then I guess the question about the nightcap, Greg, is just what a difference a week makes for the Titans and the Broncos. I mean, the Titans Uh had Jadeveon Clowney. The Broncos lose Von Miller. I mean, what what a what a turn of events for the nightcap on Monday night. Well, one thing to look for, in my view, because I went back and looked, they played last year. Now that was Marcus Mariota's last start, and he got benched in that game. Um, but they they held Derrick Henry to fifteen for twenty eight. It was his worst performance of the year. And one way they did that is they had their safeties, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, literally close to the line of scrimmage, almost playing at linebacker depth and hitting it. And I think you're going to see the Titans with Tannehill come out with play action early and make those safeties back off because you cannot, you know, safeties are not accounted for in blocking schemes. So they're going to make those safeties back off. Interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but that makes perfect sense. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the Titans were so much better on offense after Mariota got benched and Tannehill came in because he made teams back off a little bit with AJ Brown and some of their weapons. Greg, terrific stuff. It always is. Everybody needs to check him out at Greg Cosell on Twitter. And, of course, watch the NFL matchup show this weekend. If you didn't already, go ahead and DVR NFL matchup show. If you can't watch it live, trust me, it's worth it. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. There he is, Greg Cosell. As good as ever. Man, how awesome was it to just talk to Greg about games? about actual games. They're going to be played this week. That was amazing. That was glorious. You know what else is glorious? Winning money when you place a bet, or at least, you know what, feeling informed. That's why I tell people, check out the BetQL app. That's free. Or BetQL.com and see what data they have. And then if you like what you see there, then upgrade to premium and use the code ROSS20 for 20% off your first payment. It really is that easy, whether it's NBA and MLB or NHL and the other sports, or if you're just a football head, primarily like me, that's all you need to do. Check out BetQL app or BetQL.com. See what you like. See you know if, it's, if you think it's something that's worth it. See if you want to upgrade to premium. If you do and you want to get all their algorithms, all their data points, all their information so you feel more informed, Make sure you use the raw, the code Ross20 for 20% off your first payment. Tux takes. The biggest news yesterday, Ross, cornerback Jalen Ramsey signing a five-year, $105 million extension with the Rams. Wow. I mean, Bri, it's so interesting with all the pandemic stuff and with, you know, next year the salary cap expected to take a major hit with the decreased revenue this year. As a relate or as a, as as a function of the COVID related revenue loss, yet these guys are getting broke off, man. I mean, these guys are getting 
huge, huge dollars like we've never seen before. I mean, Tredavious White, two days ago, signs the biggest contract for a cornerback ever, $17.5 million per year. And like the next day or two days later, it's like Jalen Ramsey just pooped on that. $21 million a year, $71 million guaranteed, $21 million a year. Now look, I'm sure Tredavious White is thrilled that he's getting $17.5 million a year to play football. I am quite sure he's ecstatic about the guaranteed money he got, the signing bonus, but you can't tell me that there isn't a little part of him, a little part of him that thought, wait a minute, I'm as good as Jalen Ramsey. I'm sure he thinks he's as good as Jalen Ramsey. How is he getting $21 million a year? How is he getting $3.5 million more per season than I am? And the, the, the answer is Tredavious White probably should have waited till Jalen Ramsey signed his deal first. That's number one. And number two, Jalen Ramsey had all kinds of leverage because the Rams traded two first-round draft picks for him. And so you can't trade two first-round picks for a guy and then not have him for a long period of time, which makes you think, right? It's not even just $105 million or $21 million a year. It's that plus two first-round picks. So how much would they have been willing just to pay him? You know, if they didn't have to give up two first-round picks, it's crazy. Ducks takes. We also had a few notable retirements. Both Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier and longtime DB Aqib Tlaib announced that they're officially done playing football. And that is despite Bill Belichick's claim to try and lure Aqib Tlaib back out on the field. Tlaib had his issues both on and off the field, but extremely talented. I mean, an unbelievable man-to-man cover guy. I think I was at a game one time, Bri, where they put him on Jimmy Graham when Jimmy Graham was playing tight end for the Saints, and Aqib Tlaib just followed Jimmy Graham wherever he went. Reportedly, with Patrick Chung opting out for this season, that's what Belichick asked Tlaib to do. Belichick asked Tlaib if he would come out of, you know, if he would play one more year, and cover tight ends, but Tlaib said he wasn't feeling it. As for Shazier, I, you know, I don't think many people expected he was ever going to actually play football again, but I give that young man a tremendous amount of credit to A, even just get back to the position where he's in now, where he can walk and live a functioning life, uh, but B, you know, the, the hope that he had, the inspiration he was to so many for saying he wanted to try to come back and play football. Unbelievable. Um, And, you know, he also – I almost get choked up when I talk about it because, you know, that's the thing that you worry about with the sport more than any other, right, is you know when you're in that locker room before the game starts, you know that – I don't know. Is it one out of every 10,000 collisions? I don't know what it is, but you know there is the uh, possibility of paralysis, fractured necks, those things that can greatly alter your life. And it seems like Ryan is at a position now where he's going to be able to live a, a, a long and fulfilling life and a functioning life, and I'm thrilled for him. Ducks takes. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, 
guess who's going on IR? D uh, defensive end, uh, Daniel Hunter, now going to miss at least the first three games of the season. Right. Kind of weird. You know, they, they kept saying it was just day-to-day and it wasn't a big deal for a long time. And there was some speculation that maybe he was seeing these contracts that other guys were getting and he wanted a new contract. Evidently, I mean, look, if it's still about the contract, he's really, really selling it at this point. But it seems like he's got some issue. Now, the difference is, unlike other years where you wouldn't be able to come back for at least half the season, you go on IR this year, you only have to miss three games. You don't have to miss three weeks. So he might be back sooner rather than later. But that's that's a big blow for the Vikings going against the Packers on Sunday, like Greg and I talked about. And, you know, the value, there's a lot of value in having Ngakwe and Hunter. It'll have to be Ngakwe by himself. And you wonder, frankly, if this injury to Hunter was part of the reason why the Vikings tried so hard to get Ngakwe. Ducks takes. All right, last but not least, the moment we've been waiting for since February. Tonight, we've got the Texans. We've got the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Who do you like and why? Well, uh, we talked about this on the Even Money podcast. Uh, I I like it to be a high-scoring game. Actually, I think we even talked about it more in the Fantasy Feast podcast. By the way, Joe Dolan was awesome on the Fantasy Feast podcast. If you guys did not get a chance to check it out as of yet, Highly encourage you to do so. Joe, basically setting your lineups for you as he goes over the skill guy in every single game. Uh, Yesterday's episode was the Thursday nighter and all the Sunday 1 o'clock games. Today's episode is the Sunday late games and the two Monday night games. But he pointed out by far the highest team total for for the weekend, 54 and a half is the total on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So uh, it's supposed to be a high-scoring game. I think it will be, Bri. I mean, look, the Chiefs are banged up in the secondary a little bit, probably starting a rookie. Uh, Breland's out with the suspension. I think I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a night. I really do. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think he'll have a night, but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to ultimately be able to win that game. I like the Chiefs. I mean, they're playing at home. Now, I know there's not many fans, if any, and it'll be a little bit different. But I still expect the Chiefs to come out firing on all cylinders. I'll be really curious to see the O-line, D-line matchups on each side. How improved is the Texans' O-line? Meanwhile, on the other side, with the Chiefs' D-line, Frank Clark and those guys, Chris Jones, he got his contract. Ultimately, though, Brian, I like the Chiefs in this one. Just don't know how sloppy these teams will be. I, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. I'm going to say 31-24 Chiefs. So I guess if you're looking to bet the game um, with you know on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you would take the Texans plus 9.5. But really, Brian, if we're being honest, don't do that. Don't do that. Put the max amount of money on Kansas City – Plus 101 points because that's what DraftKings is doing right now. That's what they're giving you for this game only. I know some of you are on the fence whether or not you ever want to place a bet or try it. If you, just just do it today. I mean, like if you never do it again, if you only ever do it once, this is the one. This is the this is the one. DraftKings Sportsbook app, Kansas City plus 101, the greatest offer ever. 
And if you're in a state where it's not legal to place a wager yet, you can enter the free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter the survivor pool. You'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code Ross to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. It's promo code Ross to get on all the action for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey or Pennsylvania only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Awesome. Brian, let's get to an email. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address, ross at rostucker.com. Again, you guys know the drill. Still plenty of time. I won't pick a winner till tomorrow morning. Plenty of time to get the DraftKings Sportsbook app or any of the other sponsors you hear on the show or you see at the rostucker.com sponsors page, any of that. And you can go ahead and shoot me an email, ross at rostucker.com, and say, I want Madden for Xbox. I want Madden for PlayStation. I want an email question from you, Bri. What do you got? You know what, Ross? Actually, I think I'm going to let you do the email question today. Okay. So this one comes to us from Mike Scharf. He said, hello, Ross. My wife got me a cameo shout-out for our 10-year anniversary. I signed up for DraftKings using the promo code Ross and rated several of your shows. I'm hopeful that all this support will allow me to ask two questions rather than just one. Number one, I went to the Arizona Cardinals versus Dallas game that happened a week before Emmett Smith broke the rushing record. It looked like Emmett could have easily broken the record during that game. Did the coaches pull Smith from the game so he would break the record at a home game? I I don't think so, Mike. I think that they might have had that in the back of their head. But if memory serves, he didn't get it until like the third or fourth quarter of that first game I was there in Dallas against Seattle. I think he, he might not needed 100 yards, but he needed a bunch of yards. So I don't think it would have been that easy for him to get it against Arizona. He needed a bunch of yards to get it against Seattle in that first game when I was there. Your second question is, I have observed that offensive line seem to lose a lot of weight after they retire. Max Unger, Joe Thomas, yourself, to name a few examples. Love to hear a little about your personal fitness philosophy or wisdom you have picked up from other offensive linemen. Thank you for the great podcast, Mike Scharf. Mike, pretty simple. Um, well, so first of all, right when I retired, I've told this story before, I was psycho about it. I would have five tiny meals a day um, spread out every three hours, and I would do like an hour and a half of cardio in the morning. I would work out again in the afternoon and just totally changed my whole diet, routine, everything. And I lost a tremendous amount of weight very quickly. I got down to like 248. I think I lost like 60 pounds in the matter of not even six months. So that um, that has happened. And that's how I did it initially. Now, uh, I work out pretty religiously, man. I, I work out, I'd say, eight to 10 times a week. Definitely at least once every day. And then 
certainly probably especially in the summer two or three times I'll do something else maybe go for a swim or something like that so even yesterday I did uh yoga in the morning and then in the afternoon uh with the girls with my daughters I did like um a bicep shoulder core routine in the pool with them they're getting big though man I can I can barely do it anymore and I'm pretty good about what I eat during the week I'm not as good on the weekends but I eat pretty healthy. I, I really don't snack very much anymore. I eat a meal between like 8 to 9 a.m., another one uh, at like noon, another one at 5. Don't really snack much. So I'm pretty good about it. Not as good as I'd like to be, but not bad, I would say. Good question, Mike. Thank you very much. Keep them coming. Ross at RossTucker.com. Absolutely love those email questions and love that we will have a – a chance to break down a football game tomorrow on the show. And B, you'll hear my picks for all of the games. I got the Chiefs tonight, of course. And we'll also be able to talk about the Even Money podcast, Fantasy Feast, College Draft podcast, and of course, the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics, with an X. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.